Welcome to another episode of The Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. Today's show is brought to you by the Phenom's Moms Club. The Moms Club, the backbone of the organization. Today, we are going to have an interesting topic for the Moms Club. We're talking about the last dance, the life and times of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and what it means to today's athletes. This documentary, for me, I think it's going to set the stage for the next 30 years when it comes to athletics, when we're talking about determination, sacrifice, and what would you do to win? It looks like Michael Jordan put winning over money, and that's something that we don't, we don't see in today's game. And to help me facilitate this discussion, I have my crew. I have Coach Will down in Florida. I have um, Coach Renee in Texas, and I have Coach Emerson up in Rhode Island, and myself, Tommy Epps, a.k.a. Tommy Football. Coach TJ is here in my bunker in the great state of Delaware, the first state. So, guys, let's get it started. Um, last dance, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the party started here. So, Yeah, yeah Emerson, what, you are first to the party. So one of the things that I appreciate about this is that, I mean, first of all, it was great because I lived through this. Like I was growing up as a young man and, 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 and seeing Michael Jordan in his prime doing his thing. Um, you know, I think we can all remember the commercials uh, with Gatorade and be, you know, be like Mike and, you know, and all the movies he did and everything else. And, you know, it was really good to see, the part that most folks folks never see, which is, you know, all the behind the scenes, all the issues, all the concerns, what he really had to go through. I right. think that this documentary really did a really good job of 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 looking at all that and putting a lot of things in perspective. Because, you know, you know, I, I understand now, you know, the, the game of basketball has changed since when, you know, when. You know, we were growing up or back in the, between the, the 80s and, 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 and 90s. The game has completely changed. But for a superstar like him to rise above now, you know, regardless of what era it is, there was a lot of talent from 1984 until the year 2000. OK, there was a lot of talent in the NBA. I mean, we can start naming off names and, you know, regardless of, you know, uh, regional favorites and stuff like that. We can we can touch on a lot of different names that were in that era. And Jordan dominated every single one of them. Now, granted, when he started getting older, you know, guys like Allen Iverson and, and, and Colby started rising and things were a little bit different. But. Michael Jordan was the, the, the he was the epitome of the term athlete. Everyone looked up to him in every single sport, not just basketball. I mean, he 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 took athleticism to a completely different level that not too many guys in other sports could even do. So for this documentary to come out and to show all the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the the feuds, the you know, the 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 you know the rivalries, how things got ugly, how people were you know, just frustrated that, you know, year after year that he kept, you know, he kept them away from a ring, you know, and what Jordan really had to go through to reach his beyond superstardom 
was something that I really respected. Because again, you don't see that side. Most folks don't. Most most folks that you know that just watch the game, you know, they might have a general idea of okay, yeah, he worked really hard in the weight room, or you right. know, he spent a lot of time on the court. But this really showed what exactly he did. And I mean, it's probably more stuff that we don't even know. But to show it the way they did, and, and I mean, I, I think everyone, regardless of of who they liked back then or whatever, has much respect for Michael Jordan. It just took it to that next level because it really showed what he had to do to get the job done. Absolutely. I agree with you on uh, 100%. Um, Renee, go ahead and jump in. You know, let, me, let me hear um, you know, your take on this as well. Um, my take on it is just that Jordan was the greatest and he still is. I mean, my, like I say, uh, my husband and my son argue about it all the time over who's the greatest. Um, and I always agree with my husband. I think that Michael Jordan was the greatest and still would be today if he played. I mean, I think that he started a whole new era for basketball. He made basketball become a platform that it wasn't before it, you know, it became something that rivaled, you know, the NFL, it came up there with football before Michael Jordan. I never watched basketball. I didn't know anything about, about basketball. I, you know, he made people that didn't know basketball, that didn't watch basketball, that didn't care about basketball, care about it. He made a whole new era in, whole, in America where people started respecting basketball as a game. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. You know, he made it marketable. He made it a um, made the NBA into a worldwide conglomerate. Um, he also, you know, ushered in. You know the, the big the big money salaries without Michael Jordan, you, you know, and putting NBA on the map, you wouldn't have the TV contracts, you wouldn't have the endorsement deals, and et cetera, et cetera. That's connected to um, the NBA. Um, Coach Will, you know, you're from, you know, it's a dominant state. I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of a lot of athletes, you know, come out of your neck of the woods. So. Um, Go ahead and talk a little bit about Jordan and the Last Dance and your take on this. Well, uh, I I look at it as uh, his mindset is well, something like the mindset I try to instill in my ball players. Um, uh, I knew Eddie Jones who played against him. You know Eddie Jones from Pompano, and uh, I, I know Eddie Jones too. That's and, and, where school he went to. Say again, Ely. He went to Temple. Yeah, that's where he went to college in Ely. <laughs> but in um in Temple, but. Like I said, uh, the documentary, it said light on, if you want to win, you have to do certain things to, to get it done. Uh, I, I, I will disclose, I don't own a pair of Jordans, never did. Uh, I just wasn't, just like I didn't like Chicago, but I was a, I respect his game. Just like I didn't like Boston, but I respected Larry Bird's game. Um, it's just that, uh, like I say, um, some things he had to do to get the job done. And uh, a lot of, a lot of, players now don't have that, that type of work ethic. Uh, and I, I heard him toward the end, which really uh, opened the eyes to something. He's like, he still is hungry. But he should have stayed. They should have stayed in this seven. Right. And uh, I'm like, and he said he still had that that, that, that feeling in his stomach that he they should have did more. Um, and, so, and some guys just get, they just don't have that drive. They, they don't have that hungry. They don't have that, that killer instinct. That's why that's why I respect about him. Uh, in today's game, it just isn't there. 
Um, I don't compare. I, I never get to a debate about Jordan and LeBron. Um, it's just like they're, they're both great to me, uh, right. both in different eras. Uh, Magic Johnson was, was great in his era. Um, we can go back to Dr. J was great in his era. Right. Uh, I, I actually um, am a Jamal Wilkes fan. I, I, I patted my shot after Jamal Wilkes for the, for the Lakers. Oh, yeah. I remember that shot. <laughs> but like I said, um, Jordan, love to see him play. I just, you know, I was never a fan of, uh, of Chicago Bulls. And, and you're, you're 100% right. Jordan's mentality or, or let's just say the mentality of the stars from yesteryear, I don't, I don't think the sacrifice is there because in a lot of times, you know, we, we as parents have worked real hard to shelter these kids. The most parents. Let's just say most parents. You grew up in my household. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to shelter you from nothing. Right. And, and that's, that's the same way how, how I, you know, how I um, live, because I, I'll say, hey, I got mine. Now, I'm going to give you the equipment and I'm going to point you in the right direction for you to get for you to get yours. I'm all about standing on your own two feet. But, you know, you know, society now in the um, in the inclusion era, I don't think that sacrifice, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? I don't know if you're in the business world, sports world. Um, you are architect, engineer, or whatever your profession to be number one. Are, are you are you basketball? There's some other stories that basketball took a toll on his marriage. How many people will do something that may take a toll on, on their marriage because they're putting everything into it? Um, Coach Emerson, you know, a former division one athlete, you know, will you know former division one athlete. So I'm pretty sure there was a lot of sacrifice. Um, what were you willing to sacrifice for you um, to get where you were, you know, having similarities to Michael Jordan trying to be number one? Well, I know that, you know, the, 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 the sacrifices that I made to get where I got were, were a lot. Uh, I definitely, I mean, you know, time with friends, uh, you know, honestly, time, even time with family in some instances, um, you know, um, you know, going going to a going to a family reunion in North Carolina and, 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 and still work, you know, working out, finding a gym, running, you know, trying to eat right, even though eating right down South is kind of a tough thing for us. But, you know, um, you know, you know, I definitely understand the realm of sacrifice um, when it comes to being the athlete. I mean, that's just what you have to do to get better. There's, there's, there's no getting out of that. There's no, you know, trying to, you know, figure out a, a sneaky way to do it. You have to sacrifice. It's the only way you're going to get better. You're not going to get better by just staying, you know, staying the same or, you know, just, you know, as I like to call it, stooning your own juices. That's not going to work. You know, you have to put forth that effort. And honestly, when, you know, looking at this documentary and you see the extent that Michael Jordan went to be the best, I mean, there's very few people. I mean, and, and we can talk about across the sports. I mean, you can look at a lot of the, you talk about a lot of the greats in, 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 in all these sports and you see what they do. There are leaps and bounds ahead of the number two person. I mean, right. you can just see, I mean, you can look at someone, for example, I, I'll use the example of Serena Williams. Okay. Because, you know, most folks are like, okay, let's talk about football. Let, let, let's step out of football for a second. Look, look, let's look at Serena Williams. Let's look at what she does. The the amount of time she puts in, the the, the working out, you know, and, and, and not just so, let me get a, uh, a good two-hour workout in and call it a day. You know, 
you know, six, seven, eight hours of, of, of work, you know, eating right, doing what you got to do. You know, that, that's what it takes to be number one in, in any field and then to push and then to keep going and then to go when you're tired, go when you're sore, go when you're a little bit hurt. You know, you know, going when your mind's telling you, you know what, sit your butt down, you are too tired and you keep pushing. I mean, that is what that's that that's what it takes. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people are thinking like, oh, well, you know, they're just gifted. They're this and that. And right. I know my own, I know from my own experience, okay, if you look at Emerson Kilgore in 1992, his freshman year, he did not look like a Division One athlete. My coach has said that. I know that as a fact. I ran a 40 and 5'8 my freshman year. Okay, they could have wrote me off. I was 270 pounds. I was, I was, I was heavy. I couldn't move. I was somewhat strong, but I couldn't move my feet. Okay. And I had to work at it. And that's what it takes to be number one in any field. You have to work at it. Now, depending on how hard, how hard you work at it, it's going to determine how far you go. Now, obviously, for Michael Jordan, you know, I know for a fact that he worked harder and, 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 and longer and, and, and did a much, thorough, much more thorough job than the rest because he was literally willing to sacrifice it all. I mean, we talked about, you know, he talked about, you know, you know, the sacrifice with, with, with his family, with his, with his, with his, with his, uh, uh, marriage. That's a lot because in his yeah. situation, okay. You know, a divorce is going to cost him a lot to look at it in, in that terms, you know, but he, he, he's willing to do what it takes to win. And that was his goal. He, you know, he cared less about the money. Of course, money was a, a something that was great with him, but he didn't care about that. He wanted to be the best. He wanted to be number one. He wanted to make sure that he got a ring and everyone else didn't. He worked so hard to make sure that everyone else, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewan, all those guys back then that I thought were great and, 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 and did their thing, he was like, nope, we're done. I, and, I, forget, oh. I, I forget who it was. Matter of fact, I think it was um, when Pippen went to the Went to the Houston Rockets, and mm. and he said the difference between Barkley and Jordan is the actual work ethic. Barkley right. didn't have the same drive as as uh, Jordan did, and I uh, it was, I think it was B.J. Armstrong said they went to a camp, and uh, they said that uh, Jordan's like a vampire. We will go work out, we'll go play a game, then he'll then he'll go still work out again, then he'll still be right. up, and he'll he he will be able to. to to live off of two or three hours of sleep while everybody else is partying and chilling or, or play a poker game, whatever it is. He's always right. trying to be competitive in everything that he did. And that, and that's the same thing I like to instill in, um, in, in the guys that our, our mentor or our coach. Um, actually, I can say this. Um, we were at a, an event with, uh, with, with Epps where we got a bunch of kids together for an all-star game. And the, my, my part, my three days there, and I just show the kids if I'm doing this, I want you to do it also. So, like, we'll go to the hotel and hey, let's go, let's go for plays, let's go different scenarios, let's go into the to, into this break room here. Let's go and get the defense up, to get the offense up. We did that for for three days, even though we practiced, we would eat. We'll come back in there and they say, hey man, if, if coach doing this, uh, man, I, we want to win. We want we, we just didn't want to win the game. We want to go ahead and annihilate this other team that was in front of us because they said they were better than that. They said their team was stacked. And this is the same mentality that Michael Jordan has put out um, his, his whole career, especially uh, like the later times when he went to the All-Star games and he showed that killer instinct. Wow, you're right. And 
I don't think a lot of times people can take that. Um, the killer instinct, you know, they always talked about um, Terrell, and this drawing another parallel, Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens, they'll say, like, he was a distraction. He was a bad locker room guy. But I think he wanted to drive out greatness. Um, and I've heard, heard whispers that, that he was kind of a bully. Um, when watching the documentary, you know, the debate was afterwards that Michael Jordan was a bully. He was tough to get along with, tough to be around. And, you know, he had to trust you. You had to confront him back. Um, what do you think about that, Arena? You know, you're raising an, an athlete. Um, you know, I think sometimes it takes a dog to bring out a dog. And Coach Will, you know, just touched on it because as a coach, his team was willing to follow him to battle. Hey, Coach Will doing it must be right. So raising an athlete um, and turning him into, you know, that guy, do you consider that um, bullying to, to try to, to try to push some push and pull somebody along to match you? Um, absolutely not. Um, I've raised my son to be aggressive, um, to be a leader, but not to be mean. I tell him all the time, if you're going to point out somebody's mistake, you better make sure that you're not making any first, you know, you right. make sure that you're doing it right. And then, you help them as so much, you know, as rather than putting them down, just help them. But at the same time, I tell them, if your line's not blocking for you, grab them and say, block for me. You know, I'm not going to take it. And and I tell them all the time, you know, stand up for yourself to coaches. I don't expect my son to just take it from a coach. So I feel like I've raised a child that is extremely aggressive, extremely um uh, very much a, a lion out there leading everyone. And I don't think he's a bully at all, but I definitely think that he's a strong leader. And I think to have an athlete that's great, you have to have that. You have to have someone that can lead, that can push themselves and push others. My son works out four or five, six times a day. I mean, he's always doing push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, just anything in between workouts to get some extra work in. He's always organizing kids to get together to throw. And I mean, it's, it's the way he was raised. He was raised to be that way, to, to go get what you want. But I kind of wanted to touch back on the whole, um, the wife thing and him leaving his wife and, you know, jeopardizing his marriage for that. And all the things that y'all were saying, it, um, sounds like a soldier to me. I mean, it seems like our, our soldiers do the same thing. They jeopardize, you know, they put their marriages in, Mm. You know, in jeopardy and, and they have to go out there and be leaders and, and they have to do things other people can't. So it's almost like some of your greatest athletes would probably make pretty good soldiers, you know. And I'll say this. This is my second marriage. I've been going on 14 years in this marriage. Had I stayed married the first time, I'd be going on 32. But when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I was a Yankee white uh, honor guard, which was in D.C. Then once I left there, I became special ops in the Marine Corps in California. So I had to, I would be home for three weeks and I'd be gone for two months. I come home again and it's like, it, it took a toll for me to be, to get the rank uh, every, I mean, even meritoriously get my rank meritoriously. I didn't have to ever wait for time and grade. Uh, I got it meritoriously. So I, I, my, my marriage did suffer because I was away for months at a time. 
Right. I, I was married to, uh, or I am married to a soldier. He was a soldier for 14 years. I was married to him when he joined the army. I was married to him through every single deployment and I'm married to him now that he's out of the army. That is one of the toughest things that you can do. And you have to find some, a woman that is willing to stand by you and be that kind of woman, whether you're a top athlete or a soldier, either one. She has to be Moms, are you listening to that? <laughs> she has to be committed. You know? Hey, what's that old song, Stand By Your Man? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. That's true. But also, yeah. like, uh, with raising these kids, uh, raising these athletes, if you want to be great, I mean, the family have also had to sacrifice some time uh, to, to not go on that vacation. You know, send that kid to that camp. Send that kid to, uh, to, to this, this place to go see this coach. Um, I mean, the family does sacrifice sometimes, too. I've been involved that with my three boys who are who are all going to play D one ball. Um, and sometimes we we didn't have hey. to we, we we didn't go to Disney World. We didn't go to to the Grand Canyon. Uh, hey, was, man. Uh, I have to I have to agree with you there. Um, we haven't taken a family vacation in like uh, almost seventeen years. I think because my son's seventeen, we <laughs> we spend our money on coaches and on going to, you know, colleges and camps. We don't take family vacations. Our family vacations are when we go to a specialty game or a specialty coach somewhere. That's when we go as a family. Right. Well, again, I think when, and I think you guys are touching on the point, like that's, that's the sacrifice that you guys, and rightfully so, that, that needs to happen in order to take the next step for, you know, for your dreams and athletic dreams and aspirations to come true. I think there's a lot of folks nowadays. They're not willing. They're not really willing to do that. You know, they're not really r- willing to, you know, get a little uncomfortable to take that next step. They're not really. Oh, I want to go here. I want to go here. Oh, the boys are going to do this, and the girls are going to do that, and everything else. But you know, it's those folks who, and again, you guys, you you two are making perfect examples of what it, it takes to take it to the next level. Like, yes, I'm not going to Disney World. I've never. You know, it's like it's, that, that, that's what we need to do, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of times now that's not happening. Yeah, okay. so, so yeah I see that. That brings me right into you know the next part of the documentary. That um, all of this, I think, this made all of this possible that we're talking about for uh, for Jordan in that um, at the top level of of their careers and what they do. Is mental toughness. I think a lot of times Jordan beats you out because he was mentally tougher than you are. He was willing to go the extra mile. I think a lot of athletes, a lot of businessmen, a lot of people are willing to go the mile, but not the extra mile. You got to be mentally tough. Hey, to play a game coming off of food poisoning, yo, food poisoning is one of the worst things that you could possibly have. So to have it that night and then have it throughout the day, he's still dealing with it during the game and it played the type of game he did. That's mental toughness. Um, hey, Renee, go ahead and talk about mental toughness. Um, what you think about that? What I think about that, I think that I've actually hired a mental um, toughness coach for my son because his dad was away. My dad wasn't um, was gone and I needed to make sure that he was mentally tough enough and I wasn't sure a mom could do it. So I actually went and hired somebody to do it. Um, mm, ladies, you hear that? She's saying that some things a strong woman can't do. You need to lean on a man. 
great, great point. I'm gonna bring that one out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm extremely aggressive for a female, and um, I can teach a female how to be aggressive, but not necessarily a male how to be aggressive because it's, it's different. And um, I believe that that to play sports and and be at a certain level, you do have to be mentally tough. But I also believe that starts at home with these moms that are like, oh, my doesn't feel well, so he's not going to play today's game, or he broke his toenails, so he can't. my son has played a football game and soccer game the same day with a broken toe. He's played with 101 fever football games with strep throat and soccer games because if he felt like he could play and he wanted to play, then I wanted him to learn how to play through whatever he had to play through. Just like when it rains out, I tell my son, go outside and play football. Because, you know what, if you're playing in the NFL and it's raining, guess what? You're still playing. If it's cold out, you're still playing. If you're sick, you're still playing. So if you want to play at that level, you have to start when you're young and you have to just push yourself and do it. And you have to teach a kid how to do that. Uh, I agree. I, I, I'm going to go off on a side note here. I'm, I'm glad, Renee, I, I want to thank you for saying that. Um, this is going to be my little side note because honestly, I, I'm glad this is being recorded because that needs to be heard. What you just said needs to be heard through a lot of different channels. Um, that, that, that is by far the, the best thing I've heard all day. Um, you know, the, the, the simple fact, because again, in, in, in my years of working with young men, you know, trying to get them to the next level, I always get that random mom that thinks, well, I can teach them this. I can teach them that. And I'm not going to get into certain situations with, with, with how moms are and stuff like that. But, you know, I understand certain situations that, okay, you know, dad has done you, dad has done you bad and you don't want anything to do with dad, this and that, you know, whatever a man can do, I can do. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that was stated by a female that, you know, when it comes to certain things, not everything, but certain things, it might be better to have a man mentoring a young man when it comes to this rather than you trying to do what, you know, what, what, um, what you're trying to get, you know, what, what you're trying to get accomplished, you know, asking for that extra help, which honestly, I, I, I feel that a lot of folks just say, okay, I can do this on my own. I can get this person here and there, which, and I can't, but I'm very glad you said that. So a little bit of a side note, but I, I completely respect the fact you said that. And I thank you for saying that. And I'm glad this is recorded. Well, thank you. Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate absolutely. that very much. Um, I definitely do as much as I can for my son. I mean, I've coached like football. I've coached soccer. I've got my EMT, my personal training certifications. I study things so that I can help my son be better. But people have to realize that you as a parent have limitations. And there's a point where you can't teach your child anymore and you can't teach them the right way and you need to get bring someone else in. And people need to learn those limitations. They need to learn their own limitations and quit trying to do, do everything. You know, you've got to know when you're not enough. I agree. Yes, sir. Head and bring us home as we go into our the last segment of the show. Um, what do you have to say in, in parting? Well, I, I mean, in parting, um, to go back and piggyback on what uh, Renee said, um, and I, I always say this, I, when I meet my parents, um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm very upfront with them, and a lot of this stuff starts at home and literally on the park, and it carries over to the high school. Because if you got a kid that's jumping park to park, then he goes to high school, he jumps from school to school, 
That's mm-hmm. the same kid that's going to be jumping from college to college. And and that, that kid hasn't learned to persevere through hard times. Hey, but coach don't like me. Maybe you're not doing something what the coach wants you to do. And you can't be the one to go there. Well, you're doing my son wrong. Maybe your son's doing something wrong. Uh, and I had a kid that said that we were too hard on him. So I had the parent come watch us. And don't 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 announce that you're here. Watch your son. We were in high school. So saw me motion the kid in, the kid hid behind another kid. So it's like, it's not it's not always gonna be the it's not always gonna be the coach. You keep your kid shying away from from football. Maybe that kid didn't want to play football. You gotta find out what your kid wants to do. You wow, you you are hundred you're hundred percent right. You can't shoot on a situation. Oh man, I enjoyed this conversation. Um you know, the one thing, people, and once again, this show was um, brought to you today by the Phenom Moms Club. Um, we're going to bring it. We're going to tell the truth. We're not going to um, leave anything off the table. Um, thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Crossroads, where life and sports intersect. It's been a pleasure, guys. I'll see you guys all soon when we get off lockdown. See you soon. Thank you.